Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 14 of Genesis chapter 7. And we're going to begin reading in verse 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were open. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them, into the ark. They, and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two, of all flesh, Wherein is the breath of life? And they that went in, went in male and female of flesh, as God had commanded him, and Jehovah shut him in. Well, I'll stop reading there. Now, um, I, I wanted to read verse 11, even though we've covered that, just again to uh, sort of mark the spot. 17th day of the second month, which is seven days from the point that God said, yet seven days. And we know that one day is as a thousand years, so 7,000 years into the future on the date of May 21, 2011, which had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of the 17th day of the second month. So it matched 7,000 years exactly, and it fell on a date that was the exact 23rd year. And, you know, every time I think about that, that's incredible that in that year, uh, it was exactly 23 years of a great tribulation. And not only uh, did it fall any point in that year, which would have been amazing, but it fell on the very end date, the very last day of the 23-year Great Tribulation, which had started May 21, 1988. And, you know, long before uh, 2011, if you go back to the expected date of September 1994, when Mr. Camping wrote a book called 1994 with a question mark, he mapped out 2,300 evening mornings starting from May 21, 1988. So that date for the beginning of the Great Tribulation had been known, and, and that book came out in 1992, it was known even before then that the Great Tribulation began on May 21, 1988. 
And it was mentioned in that book that it should be 23 years, but an error at that time in understanding was that it would be shortened to 2300 evening mornings. And that's why September 94 was thought to be the end of the world, the, the return of Christ. But as we went through that time period, then it was realized, oh no, the Great Tribulation is the full length of 23 years. And so the beginning point was kept. And you just go 23 years from May 21, 1988 to May 21, 2011. And, and so that 23 year span of Great Tribulation was set in place long in advance of the whole idea of 7,000 years from the flood falling on that date. That that was a relatively late understanding that developed the last few years, and someone just happened to notice that uh, because there was talk and discussion, well, where in 2011... Would the end come? October 21st was the last day of tabernacles. And and yet the 23-year Great Tribulation ended on May 21. And then someone noticed, oh, look, the, that date of May 21 actually has the 17th day of the second month of the Hebrew calendar, which is the precise date the flood began 7,000 years exactly earlier. And that, that, um, just, just is astounding that God worked it out that way. And, and that shows the handiwork of God in emphasizing and highlighting and, and, and it's as though God put his finger on that particular date. So, the Great Tribulation concluded, and Judgment Day began. Now, God, um, in verse 12 of Genesis 7, tells us of the beginning of the flood on the 17th day of the second month of Noah's 600th year. And it says in verse 12, And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. So that beginning point for the flood was was the first day of rain. Then it continued to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, this is an important teaching because it's the second time God has said it. Back in verse 4 of Genesis 7, we read there, For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. So God, at that point, was uh, declaring what would happen in one week's time, seven days' time. And now, after seven days, he's telling us it it is happening. Or, of course, we're reading this as ancient history. It did happen exactly as God said it would. And, and so he is repeating the statement concerning the rain. It was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. 
And the statement itself is a doubling of the number 40. You know, God could have said it rained for 40 days. And actually, if we look at verse 17 of this same chapter, it says, And the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased. There, God doesn't say 40 days and 40 nights. He just uses 40 one time. And why did he do it there and not the other places? Well, it, it could be so that he would mention the number 45 times in total in this chapter. And and five has to do with atonement. And judgment is all about the atonement. The acceptable atonement of Christ on behalf of the eight souls that enter into the ark. And the uh, self-atonement that every unsaved individual must offer up to God. Atonement is just a sacrifice. They have to be their own sacrifice. They, they must make payment for their own sin. And the wages of sin is death. So as all the people outside the ark die, they are making payment for their sins. They're atoning for their sins. That's one reason. And uh, I'm not sure of all the others. The, the language of 40 days and 40 nights. Actually, just days and nights. When we look up in the Bible, when we search out uh, all the verses where days and nights, plural, are combined and used together, we find that it, it happens 18 times in the whole Bible. Eleven of the times that we would read of days and nights, it involves the number 40. And here, in, in this chapter, are two of the eleven. And uh, it's also used uh, several times regarding Moses when he went up to receive the law from the mouth of God, the Ten Commandments. He was there 40 days and 40 nights. And then at one point he came down and there was rebellion in the camp and and he broke the tablets and um, he basically went right back up for 40 days and 40 more nights. So it's mostly used of Moses. It's also used 40 days and 40 nights of the Lord Jesus when uh, he went into the wilderness and and then was tempted of the devil. Eleven times it's 40 days, 40 nights. Four times it's three days, three nights. And two of those instances are with Jonah. The historical book of Jonah tells us he was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jesus quotes that in the New Testament in Matthew 12. And then after mentioning Jonah was in the whale's belly three days and three nights, Christ says, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So three times it's used of Jonah and Jesus in the heart of the earth. And a fourth time it's used of an Egyptian in the book of 1 Samuel who escaped from his master who was an Amalekite and he had been sick for three days and three nights. 
at, so, so that's 15 times out of the 18, and one time we find days and nights, um, spoken of with Job when his friends come to visit, and when they first arrive, they sit quietly with him for seven days and seven nights. That's, that's uh, all the, References that, that identify with days. A couple of other times we read of days and nights, but there's no specific number given. And in trying to find the common denominator with these references, it seems to be God's judgment. We definitely see that in the case of the flood, 40 days and 40 nights. And it began on Judgment Day, the 17th day of the second month. We we see it with Moses. Israel was under God's judgment. It, it also, of course, relates to uh, trial and testing and temptation. Jesus was 40 days and 40 nights tempted. And uh, all the references to three days and three nights with Jonah and the Lord Jesus have to do with God's judgment. Jonah is a, a picture of Christ suffering under the wrath of God. Jesus, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, the time he suffers under the wrath of God. Even Job's reference to seven days and seven nights. Job is a type and a figure of Christ who is suffering under the wrath of God. So that does seem to be the common denominator when God makes reference to to a number like 40 or 3 or 7 and and the number itself teaches us 40 has to do with judgment and testing simultaneously the number 3 God's purpose and the number 7 perfection uh, Christ's perfect suffering would be in view. And, and so we see here in verse 12, the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights, indicating it is time for the judgment of God to be upon the earth. And it is also simultaneously a time of testing. And that's what we found when we searched the rest of the Bible that God is proving his people. We we talked about that the last time the Lord mentioned the 40 days and 40 nights back in verse 4. Okay, let's go on to verse 13 of Genesis 7. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with him into the ark. So we, we know that there's eight souls. And eight is a number that can be divided two times four. And two relates to the caretakers of the gospel, which the people of God are. And four, universality. So we can understand the eight souls in one way as representing all of God's elect that are caretakers of the word of God and um, all of the elect in the world by the time the 17th day of the second month comes all the people 
in the world historically of Noah's day that God intended to deliver from the flood entered into the ark. And spiritually, it points to May 21, 2011, and we have the rest of the biblical information that uh, goes along with that date. It's the last day of the Great Tribulation, and we learn from other places in the Bible that there was a 6,100-day period after that first um, grievous 2,300 evening mornings, the first part of the Great Tribulation. Then in September 1994, God began sending the latter rain into the world, not in the churches, but outside of the churches, in the nations of the world, where where uh, people did not identify with the corporate church. And he began to save a great multitude. And the last almost 17 years, or about 17 years of the Great Tribulation, 6,100 exact days, the latter rain was poured out and God saved his elect all over the world. And we know that by the last day, by the concluding day of the Great Tribulation, all of the elect entered in, no, not into the ark, but into what the ark typifies, into God's salvation. The word entered here in... Genesis 7, verse 13, the self-same day entered Noah and, and his sons and so forth, is Strong's number 935 in the Hebrew. It's the same word that's found in Genesis chapter 19 regarding Lot. As God forewarned Lot, just as he forewarned Noah concerning an approaching judgment, and Lot fled the city, the city of Sodom that was about to be destroyed. And God directed him to a city called Zoar. It says in verse 22 of Genesis 19, Haste thee, escape thither, for I cannot do anything till thou become thither. Therefore the name of the city was called Zoar. The sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoar. See, God says he cannot do anything that is regarding the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. God will not act until, um, speaking to Lot, you become thither, until you enter into the little city Zoar, and and that's because Zoar is being likened to a city of refuge. It's really picturing the same thing as the ark did, a place of deliverance that is picturing the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. So so God waits. He waits, and Lot is the righteous one. Lot is representative of the elect, just like the eight souls in the ark are representative of God's elect. And and so God is waiting. Of course, the Lord already has the timetable worked out. And and then 
Lot enters into Zoar, just like Noah and his family entered into the ark. And what happens at that point? Verse 24 of Genesis 19, then, then is a word that is telling us that God's purpose has been accomplished. Lot has safely made it into Zoar. The righteous are protected. Then Jehovah reigned upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from Jehovah out of heaven, and he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. So God brings the judgment after his people are safe and secure. Once they're protected, once they are out of harm's way, then God brings the judgment. Then it begins to rain with the the world of Noah's day. And in Lot's case, the fire and the brimstone begins to fall. Now, the, the same word entered is found in Isaiah 26. And these are a couple of verses we've become very familiar with the last few years. But let's read it again in Isaiah 26, beginning in verse 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers. And there's the word enter, which is the same Hebrew word. Enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. Now, I'm glad we're reading this verse um, in the order that we have after just reading about Lot and then reading about Noah and and we can we can apply this language to both Lot and Noah Lot entered in um it's not as though he entered into a house he entered into a city that God marked off limits concerning uh, his wrath and and uh, his destruction it was just a little city one of the cities of the plain. But it's the same idea that Lot entered in and was safe and secure. Noah and the other seven entered into the ark. God shut them in. And and so we, we could read this language and it's very fitting for those eight souls. Come, my people, Noah, his wife, their sons and their wives, enter thou into thy chambers. They went into the ark, and certainly they had their own quarters, and shut thy doors about thee. You go in, and once they went in, what did God do? He shut him in. Now, the Lord um, focuses on Noah, because Noah's the main character. He's the type of Christ, the preacher of righteousness, the builder of the ark, like Christ is the builder of the house of God. And yet 
God shut them all in once he shut Noah in. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Now, it goes on to say, hide thyself as it were for a little moment. And and the little moment that Noah and his family had to endure lasted about a year. They they had to go through the 40 days and 40 nights of rain, the surging waters for the first five months, and then the decreasing waters for the next seven months until finally they exited the ark. But throughout the entire period of the flood, they were hid from the danger, from the destructive waters. They they were hid inside the ark, and they had their chambers in there. So we can see how this fits. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment. What What's a year? What's a year? It, it, you know, when God uses the language, a little moment, it, it identifies with his wrath. And in Noah's case, it was a, a year in which the whole world was destroyed, and a year, you know, when we're speaking of the kingdom of heaven with eternal God, uh, is is nothing at all. In Lot's case, well, the the destruction of Sodom was much quicker. The fire and brimstone fell, and from what we can read, it was over in a day. Uh, the cities were destroyed. The smoke. And the embers, the fire, may have lasted longer than that, but it was relatively quick. So, uh, hide yourself. Now, we today, if we were, we've already gone five years into a judgment, and it may be we have to go several years more. But even if we were to go, let's say, 22 years if if the evidence for 2033 turns out to be correct, and let's say we were to go 22 years, oh my, how long it is. And, and uh, you know, to be honest, I look at that sometimes and it seems very long to me. But the reality is it's not long at all. When, when we're dealing with eternal God and an eternal future to come, God spent 23 years judging the churches, which was a lesser judgment than the judgment of all the world in, insofar as the numbers of people. And, and so it could be that God spends 22 years in a prolonged judgment upon the world time does pass and and uh, if we even make it that long uh, but there will come the time when the judgment has been completed and once it's completed it will have been no more than a little moment it, as it says here um, hide yourself as it were for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed and uh, the range of judgments could be a day, like with Sodom, it could be a year, as with a flood, or it could be much longer, as in our time. But 
no matter what the duration, ultimately it is a short while and we wait. We wait. The people of God hide themselves. Now, um, there, there's the historical examples, but they're pointing to the spiritual reality of what it is to be hidden. And we've talked about this before. I don't think we're going to have time to get into it. But we will look at Zephaniah 2, where God says to the nations, uh, O nation not desired, verse 1, then in verse 2, Before the decree bring forth, before the day passes the chaff, before the fierce anger of Jehovah come upon you, before the day of Jehovah's anger come upon you, seek ye Jehovah, all ye meek of the earth which have wrought his judgment, seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of Jehovah's anger. See, that was the proclamation into the world, the advance warning, that people might be hid. They might enter into a safe haven and be hid from the wrath to come. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.